0: Section 7 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. recording by Aparna Scotland. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous, translated by Wretched Francis Burton, the Ten Wazirs, or the History of King Azad Bak and His Son. There was once, of old days, a king of the kings whose name was Azad Bak. His capital was Hyderabad, and his kingdom extended to the confines of Sistan and from the confines of Hindostan to the Indian Ocean. He had ten wazirs who ordered his kingship and his dominion and he was possessed of judgment and exceeding wisdom one day he went forth with certain of his guards to the chaise and fell in with an eunuch riding a mare and handing in hand the halter of a she-mule which he led along on the mule's back was a domed litter of brocade purfled with gold and girded with an embroidered band set with pearls and gems and about it was a company of knights when king azad bakht saw this he separated himself from his suite and making for the horsemen and that mule questioned them saying to whom belongeth this letter and what is therein the eunuch answered for he knew not that the speaker was king azad Bak, saying this letter belongeth to Isfahan wazir to king azad and therein is his daughter whom he is minded to marry to the king haizad shah as the eunuch was speaking with the king behold the maiden raised a corner of the curtain that shut in the litter, so she might look upon the speaker and saw the king. When Azad Bakht beheld her and he noted her fashion and her loveliness, and indeed never did seer espy her like, his soul inclined to her and she took hold upon his heart, and he was ravished by her sight. So he said to the eunuch, Turn the mule's head and return, for I am King Azad Bakht, and in very sooth I will marry her myself inasmuch as isfahand her sire is my wazir and he will accept of this affair and it will not be hard to him answered the eunuch o king allah prolong thy continuance have patience till i acquaint my lord her parent and thou shalt wed her in the way of consent for it beseated thee not neither is it seemly for thee to seize her on this wise seeing that it will be an affront to her father and if thou take her without his knowledge quoth i have not patience to wait till thou repair to her sire and return and no shame will betide him if i marry her and quoth eunuch o my lord not that in haste is done long endureth nor doth the heart rejoice therein and indeed it behoveth thee not to take her on this unseemly wise whatsoever betideth thee destroy not thyself with haste for i know that her sire's breast will be straitened by this affair and this that thou dost will not win thy wish But the king said verily Isfahan is my maimlo and a slave of my slaves and i reck not of her father and he be fain or unfain so saying he drew the reins of the mule and carrying the damsel whose name was barjor to his house married her meanwhile the eunuch betook himself he and the knights to her sire and said to him o my lord thou hast served the king a many years service and thou hast not failed him a single day and now he hath taken thy daughter without thy consent and permission and he related to him what had passed and how the king had seized her by force when iswahand heard the eunuch's words he was wroth with exceeding wrath and assembling many troops said to them whenas the king was occupied with his woman we took no wreck of him but now he putteth out his hand to our harem. wherefore tis my that we look us out a place wherein we may have sanctuary then he wrote a letter to King Azad Bakht, saying to him, "I am a maimluk of thy maimlukes, and a slave of thy slaves, and my daughter at thy service is a handmaid. And Almighty Allah prolong thy days and appoint thy times to be in joy and gladness. Indeed, I went ever waist girded in thy service and in caring to conserve thy dominion and warding off from thee all thy foes. But now I abound yet more than erewhile in zeal and watchfulness." because I have taken this charge upon myself, since my daughter is become thy wife. And he dispatched a courier to the king with the letter and a present. When the messenger came to king azad Bakht, and he read the letter, and the present was laid before him, he rejoiced with joy, exceeding, and occupied himself with eating and drinking, hour after hour. But the chief wazir of his wazirs came to him and said, o king know that isfahan the wazir is thine enemy for that his soul liketh not that which thou hast done with him and this message he hath sent thee is a trick so rejoice thou not therein neither be thou misled by the sweets of his say and the softness of his speech the king hearkened to his wazir's speech but presently made light of the matter and busied himself with that which he was about of eating and drinking pleasuring and merry-making meanwhile Isfahan the wazir wrote a letter and sent it to all the emirs acquainting them with that which had betide him from king azad and how he had forced his daughter adding and indeed he will do with you more than he had done with me when the letter reached the chiefs they all assembled together to Isfahan and said to him what was his affair accordingly he discovered to them the matter of his daughter and they all agreed of one accord to strive for the slaughter of the king and taking horse with their troops they set out to seek him azad bakht knew not till the noise of the revolt beset his capital city when he said to his wife barjor how shall we do she answered thou knowest best and i am at thy commandment so he bade fetch two swift horses and bestrode one himself whilst his wife mounted the other then they took what they could of gold and went forth flying through the night to the desert of karma while Isfahan entered the city and made himself king now king azad bakht's wife was big with child and the labour pains took her in the mountain so they alighted at the foot by a spring of water and she bare a boy as he were the moon Parshur his mother pulled off a coat of cold woven brocade and wrapped the child therein and they passed the night in that place she giving him the breast till morning then the king said to her we are hampered by this child and cannot abide here nor can we carry him with us so methinks we had better leave him in this stead and wend our ways for allah is able to send him one who shall take him and rear him so they wept over him with exceeding sore weeping and left him beside the fountain wrapped in that coat of brocade then they laid at his head a thousand gold pieces in a bag and mounting their horses fared forth and fled now, by the ordinance of the Most High Lord, a company of highway robbers fell upon a caravan hard by that mountain and despoiled them of what was with them of merchandise. Then they betook themselves to the highlands so they might share their loot, and looking at the foot thereof, espied the coat of brocade. So they descended to see what it was, and behold, it was a boy wrapped therein, and the gold laid at his head. They marvelled and said, "Praised be Allah, by what misdeed cometh this child here?" thereupon they divided the money between them and the captain of the highwaymen took the boy and made him his son and fed him with sweet milk and dates till he came to his house when he appointed a nurse for rearing him meanwhile king azad bakht and his wife stayed not in their flight till they came to the court of the king of Fars, whose name was kisra when they presented themselves to him he honoured them with all honour and entertained them with handsomest entertainment and Azad Bakht told him his tale from incept to conclusion so he gave him a mighty power and wealth galore and he abode with some days till he was rested when he made ready with his host and setting out for his own dominions waged war with Isfahan and falling in upon the capital defeated the velom minister and slew him then he entered the city and sat down on the throne of his kingship and whenas he was rested and his kingdom waxed peaceful for him he dispatched messengers to the mountain aforesaid in search of the child but they returned and informed the king that they had not found him as time ran on the boy the son of the king grew up and fell to cutting the way with the highwaymen and they used to carry him with them wherever they went banditing they sailed forth one day upon a caravan in the land of sestan and there were in that caravan strong men and valiant and with them a mighty store of merchandise now they had heard that in that land banditie abounded so they gathered themselves together and got ready their weapons and sent out spies who returned and gave them news of the plunderers accordingly they prepared for battle and when the robbers drew near the caravan they fell upon them and the twain fought a sore fight at last the caravan folk overmastered the highwaymen by dint of numbers and slew some of them, whilst the others fled. They also took the boy, the son of King Azad Bak, and seeing him as he were the moon, a model of beauty and loveliness, bright of face and engraced with grace, asked him, "Who is thy father, and how camest thou with these banditti?" And he answered, saying, "I am the son of the captain of the highwaymen." So they seized him and carried him to the capital of his sire, King Azad Bak. When they reached the city, the king heard of their coming and commanded that they should attend him with what befitted of their goods accordingly they presented themselves before him and the boy with them whom when the king saw he asked them to whom belongeth this boy and they answered o king we were going on such a road when there came out upon us a sort of robbers so we fought them and beat them off and took this boy prisoner then we questioned him saying who is thy sire and he replied i am the son of the robber captain quoth the king i would fain have this boy and quoth the captain of the Karwa. allah maketh thee gift of him o king of the age and we are all thy slaves then the king who was not aware that the boy was his son dismissed the Karma and bade carry the lad into his palace and he became as one of the pages while his sire the king still knew not that he was his child as the days rolled on the king observed in him good breeding An understanding and handiness galore and he pleased him so he committed his treasuries to his charge and shortened the wazir's hand therefrom commanding that naught should be taken forth save by leave of the youth on this wise he abode a number of years and the king saw in him only good conduct and the habit of righteousness now the treasuries had been aforetime in the hands of the wazirs to do with them what so they would and when they came under the youth's hand that of the ministers was shortened from them and he became dearer than a son to the king who could not support being separated from him when the wazirs saw this they were jealous of him and envied him and sought a device against him whereby they might oust him from the king's eye but found no means at last when fate descended it chanced that the youth one day of the days drank wine and became drunken and wandered from his right wits so he fell to going round about within the king's palace and destiny led him to the lodging of the woman in which there was a little sleeping chamber where the king lay with his wife thither came the youth and entering the dormitory found there a spread couch to wit a sleeping place so he cast himself on the bed marveling at the paintings that were in the chamber which was lighted by one waxen taper presently he fell asleep and slumbered heavily till eventide when there came a handmaid bringing with her as of wont, all the dessert eatables and drinkables usually made ready for the king and his wife and seeing the youth lying on his path and none knowing of his case and he in his drunkenness unknowing where he was thought that he was the king asleep on his couch so she set the sensing-vessel and laid the perfumes by the bedding then shut the door and went her ways soon after this the king arose from the wine-chamber and taking his wife by the hand repaired with her to the chamber in which he slept he opened the door and entered when lo and behold he saw the youth lying on the bed whereupon he turned to his wife and said to her what doth this youth here this fellow cometh not he save on thine account said she i have no knowledge of him Hereupon the youth awoke, and seeing the king, sprang up and prostrated himself before him, and Azadbak said to him O Vile of Birth, O traitor of unworth, what hath driven thee to my dwelling? And he bade imprison him in one place and the queen in another End of Section seven Recording by Aparnabat